Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. morning and welcome to another edition of the Lakers Fast Break Magic Man in the Morning. Uh, I am your host Sean Grace and I am pleased to welcome in a very special guest to the show. This person has been with us from the very start, uh, an essential part of what we do here and uh, she's one of the brightest basketball minds on social media right now. And I'm welcoming in our special guest, Zanger Stein. Zanger, welcome to Magic Man in the Morning. Hi, Sean. Hi hey. to everyone. So, Z, I wanted to uh, have you on so you could have uh, a very ebullient discussion about what problems you saw the Lakers having in those first two games in the Mile High City and uh, just your overall expectations and adjustments you'd like to see he made on Saturday for game three. The floor is yours, Z. Okay, so the first one, I think I'm going back to game one because before I watched the, before game one, I watched the films of the prior games and the Lakers are actually doing a lot of good stuff. First, you can't guard Jokic one-on-one. That's a fact. You cannot guard him. It doesn't matter if it's Anthony Davis or anyone else. He is a 60% shooter on that hook shots. It's going in. That's the first thing that you need to put into consideration. So the Lakers game plan is to double him with a guard. So that, that's usually the one guarding KCP or Bruce Brown. So they're going on him, but the one that is on the next side needs to bump up. They need to rotate. Unfortunately, I was expecting that they will return to the Vanderbilt lineup. Yeah. Not the small one. Yeah. Because so that's the first one. I thought. That- yes, 100%. I really think he needs to make uh, an adjustment for game three. It just 
insert Rui into the starting lineup. He should just uh, get it over with. Um, I'm not sure about you, but I, I just think... But, but the thing is, they have the game plan. They know what they're doing. It's just that the personnel cannot execute. And also, I don't know what Dennis is doing. Like, he's in between. You cannot be in between. Like, it's either you double or you don't. Yeah, you but can't. that's what we saw in game one. They're in even in game two, we're seeing it. They're like I I am um, it's called stunting. It's called stunt double. Like you're just digging it up, but you're not doubling. Unfortunately, it's a bad idea <laughs> because the shooter is one pass away. So it's either you do or you don't. Aside from them being small, that's the number one case. Also, I actually have the stats here. That lineup, the small one, they use it again in game two, by the way. <laughs> they use it again. I, I don't know why they're using it. I don't know what Ham is thinking. It, it's minus seven. Yeah. It's minus, no. it's minus seven for 20 minutes, and their defensive rating is 140. 140. Yeah. I know, I know this is Dam Darwin's process. This is his process. He wants to be fast. You know what the pace of that lineup is? 97. Wow, that's, that's slow. Not fast at all. It's not fast at all. <laughs> I mean, you're small and you're slow. I agree, Z. He needs to cut the crap kind of with this three guard lineup, it's not good. It's uh, It works for spurts and then they just, it seems like they just throw up all over themselves at some point and their stats are indicative of it. He mentioned in December, I'm talking about Coach Ham here, that it, like you were saying about his process, his uh, design is that if I play a three guard lineup, I create more possessions based off speed and pace. And you were you were absolutely spot on with that, but it's not creating pace and space in this series because as you uh eloquently put out there, the pace is ninety-seven. That like if your offensive pace is ninety-seven, you're playing at like a two thousand and two, two thousand and three pace as far as an offense is concerned. You won't win anything in this NBA with that. Exactly. You won't. This is another thing that this small lineup does is you have four, and I mean four, ball handlers. You have four, meaning that you are taking away from someone the possession from someone else. So Dilo on two games is not on rhythm because he doesn't know his role. It doesn't know his role. Is it because if you look at it, if you look at Delo's overall performance during the playoffs, LeBron is actually the best passer to Delo because he's eating up that clogged space. He is unclogging the the whoever is guarding him, right? Is taking all of them away. So Dilo is usually open. He can make that pass. Dennis cannot. He is not a good overhead passer. He never is. If you if you look at Dennis's 
play. He is a baseline player. He attacks the baseline, not from top. Yes, he's line of sight. How, how, yes, exactly. That's why he is never going to pass it to either Austin or Dilo. No. You're taking away their, the possession there. And you're also taking away the ball from LeBron. Yes, I agree with you. And that's been... So if you have that pace of 97... So according to the stats too... They're not only atrocious on pace, they're also atrocious on rebounds. So you're speaking about possessions, and you can't rebound. You, you're not fast, and you have a defensive rating of 140. So you're giving it all away. There's an old saying, it's basically called, like, robbing Peter to pay Paul. It's almost as if... It's almost as if you have, um, like, you have fifty dollars in your pocket, but because you're playing that three guard lineup, you just give the fifty back over time, and that's that's pretty true. We're not rebounding very well, which means you can't gain extra possessions. Our defense has been pretty stout, except for these two games, and they've been exposed badly. So. The fact is, he needs to stop playing the street guard lineup specifically against this team. And as we welcome in Joe Soro, Joe, welcome to the show. This is not the only three guard lineup that they use. Yeah, I know. They, they use- oh, hi, Joe. I, 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 I had to. I had to join. I didn't know you were the surprise, so I had to. I was sitting there getting ready to leave uh, the for the office, and then I'm like, wait a minute. Is that Zangerstein? <laughs> I got to be on there. I got to say hi. So welcome to the Lakers fast break. It's it's great having you here. I just wish it was a better circumstances at the moment. Uh, it's actually a double dagger to me because I just found out that Nadal is not on Roland Garros. So <laughs> <laughs> he's injured. Uh, you know what? I think he's had a, I think he's done enough. <laughs> Roland Garros, he's done enough for 10 lifetimes, Uh, maybe 13 lifetimes. Uh, Yeah, it's sad. It's, you know, I, I was around for, for just to veer off a little bit here, guys, but since you brought it up, I was, I was fully invested in the nineties in the women's tennis world. I believe the nineties had the greatest talent of tennis player, female tennis players ever. And my actually even more than that, the greatest female athletes ever: Steffi Graf, Monica Seles. Yet, 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 players like Kachita Martinez that won a Wimbledon in an era where Martina Navratilova, off of Martina Navratilova, uh, Martina Navratilova, Steffi Graf, Monica Seles. I mean, you had a lineup that was that was unmatched until this day. And I know Serena's considered the greatest ever, and she she may very well be, but. This that was like the precursor to the male uh, triple threat of Federer, Nadal, and Jokovic, and of course poor Andy Murray. You know he came at the worst time <laughs> to be great. Uh, but yeah, I I'm sorry you're not going to be able to see Rafi. Uh, I always loved Federer and Rafi's relationship and their amazing competition and. Jokovic came in at the end there and really did something. I think he's going to end up with the, the most 
grand slams when it's all said and done, which is just absolutely mind-boggling to me. And that's with me watching. Actually, Djokovic has come at a time wherein every single court favors him because everyone has a roof. Mm. Everyone's indoor now. Unlike before, it was outdoors. It was raining and you're still playing tennis compared yeah, we, now. <laughs> even even tennis got softer. <laughs> but it's, you know... I, right? I mean, yeah. the, the, that's the part of tennis. That's the part of Grand Slams. If it's Roland Garros, you're taking up all the heat and that dry wind... If it's Wimbledon, you're taking all that uh, hurricane type of winds because it's grass. It's supposed to be windy and it's summer. It always rains in summer. What's the point of doing summer grand slams if you're not going to take in consideration the rain? Soon. Better make it spring slams. Yeah, yeah. soon they'll, yeah. They'll, they'll have to wear large coats playing hockey, right? <laughs> so as, as we segue back into the Lakers, I was just looking over some things. I found it pretty interesting to see that um, even with the height disadvantage that the Lakers had, specifically in the front court, and even with the myriad of uh, defensive issues, uh, they still found a way to have a five-point lead at halftime because they were getting a free throw. Do you know how many free throws they had in the second half, C? I forgot how many, but I think it's low. I think Denver got more free throws than us. Only eight. The Lakers only wow. went to the line eight times. They went to the line 18 times in the first half. They were 17 of 18. They only got there eight times in the second half. At halftime, Christian Brown, Michael Porter Jr., uh, and KCP were all in foul trouble. They picked up a combined three fouls in the second half. So the Lakers went away from their game plan uh, in the fourth quarter, Z. And um, to me, it wasn't anything fancy that Denver was doing. I'm still kind of inexplicably wondering why they went away from that. Do you have any ideas? Okay, so here's the thing with what happened because of the game one that they started small. If they started with Vanderbilt, they will know that he is not a good screen navigator. He's just not. He's going to be sucked in, pummeled down by Jokic. He's not good. So, But you will still see that Ruby is the best fit there, right? Because he's going to play no matter what. He's going to play. So you're still going to see what we saw in game one. Unfortunately, I think what happened before the fourth quarter is that LeBron, from the first quarter, is guarding Jokic. I'm, if you're guarding Jokic, taking all the 300-pound body, and then you need to create everything, he has nine assists. And out of that nine assists, I think 10 of those did not make it to the to the rim even. I mean, nine assists. So he's making the place for everybody. Because D'Lo and if you if you look at it, D'Lo and Austin actually combined for ten. So your two supposed point guards are not doing 
the playmaking and was LeBron. So he's do he's guarding Jokic and he's playmaking as well. What I actually was screaming about was AD, what are you doing? Like you're not guarding Jokic anymore. It was LeBron already. So the fact that you're not defending the guards that are going to attack the paint, because if you look at it, Denver is also a paint team. They're also going to attack the paint. They have guards that can attack them, and they love to cut. So that's supposed to be AD's role. LeBron already took out Jokic, and AD didn't do anything. He was late on the contest, too. Yeah, actually, I, I realize a lot of people thought that uh, he expended a lot of energy uh, yesterday defensively, but I thought he had to. Like um, his post defense was excellent. He was sw- he was swiping at balls. Uh, if somebody was going up, he was going up with them. Um, I just felt that uh, you know he ha- he just had to put out a little bit more defensively than he probably wanted to. But in the end, that's that's why we needed it. At the same time, an- another thing about this is that I don't think that AD knows his role anymore. Because they started small, he thought that he's going to guard Jokic. Now that it's not on Jokic, what is my role? Where am I going to go with all this movement? Am I going to hedge or uh, switch when it's more? Am I going to go high? Or am I going to go low? He doesn't know it. Yeah. Because because it's not on the game plan already. Because he thought he's gonna guard Jokic. And now you you just mess up the game plan by starting with that poor small lineup that you're pushing. And at the same time, if you look at the entire playoffs, LeBron has a negative net rating because when AD sat. He is the center. Like, LeBron is the center when he is 38. It's bad. Like, yeah, the fact is. that you're not playing Wenyan, you're not playing I don't know who, whoever. That Vanderbilt, LeBron, and Rui lineup is actually a plus. If you look at it, it's a plus. Because there are three big people there. Yeah. That, that's just it. Just just three big dudes. But every single lineup that LeBron was in, he's a negative. Because it's either he's with Dillo or he's with that small lineup or he's with that he is the center. I mean, you're not giving it a try. And, and this is the thing with Vando. Vando, the only thing that he solved with this switch, you know what? What did he solve? Just one, the rebounding. The pace is the same as that small lineup. They have a negative rating to that lineup as well. It's negative 35. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you had watched The Tomorrow War before The Matrix. Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. 
really funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, so to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Gerald has mentioned this in the past with particularly Dennis, but now Vando's having some, some problems. It's, it's hard having uh, a great defense in the NBA already, but when you when you combine that with two guys who, like, let's face it, Z, in this series, the, they're both like dogs chasing cars. They don't know what to do with it, even if they caught up to it. It seems like both of those guys are playing without a purpose, so that's an issue. I will say this. It seems like the only guard that LeBron is comfortable playing off ball with is Austin Reeves. I'm just, just Definitely, because Austin is actually positioning himself to where he is open. Yeah. Unlike D'Lo, he's just standing around on the yeah, side. Stand around but, and not move a lot. But Reeves actually moves. That's the thing. You need to move because LeBron's not going to tell you, okay, caught here. If you look at it, there are two players that LeBron likes. That caught by Rui, he just look at it. He stepped up, so Jokic step up as well, and then he caught. He back cuts him. He just tricked him. That's the, that's it. He, he just yeah, tricked him that he's going up, but he's not. He back cuts to the rim and got a dunk. That's why LeBron. That's easy. Those two guys because they're easy to play with. Do you have a comment on that, Joe? I think when when you've let the game set a little bit, you go into more of the details of why and what. But I'm trying to simplify it as best I can for for our audience and for just all of us in general. The Denver Nuggets made shots when it mattered. The Lakers didn't. When the Lakers were making shots, i.e. Rui was making shots, they were in the lead. They kept the lead. They were in control. As soon as they stopped making shots is when everything started changing. And this is with Denver making every shot. That's how good the Lakers are. It's crazy to see all the deficiencies and all the issues, but you're sitting there going, man, these guys are so good that even when the other team is making every shot, they're still there. And that's really all it is. That's all that's left for this season is the Lakers have to understand that they have to make shots and it can't be LeBron and AD the whole time. Granted, AD, when he misses, he doesn't stop missing. LeBron, he's got to stop shooting those threes at this point. You know why he shoot those threes? You know why he shoot those threes? The defensive alignment of Denver with that lineup is a zone. Mm -hmm. You have no center that can actually punish the zone because you're using Vanderbilt and Schroeder at the same time. It was clogged. He can't pass it to Schroeder and he can't pass it to another, the only one that he can pass it to on that lineup is Lonnie Walker. So here's where this <laughs> here here's where Darvin Ham needs to adjust. So you have two players that can hit a consistent mid range shot, right? Because there are gaps in a zone that you can exploit where you'll have that's Austin uh, Reeves, Austin Reeves, and and Rui Hachimura. Rui. 
So what, what, if I'm, if I'm LeBron, if I'm who uh, assistant coach, doesn't matter who it is, Dar Darvin Ham, I'm, I'm devising a plan to start figuring out how to get the guys that can shoot and, and, and kill the zone, the ball. And that'll allow AD to focus on getting the offensive rebound. It allowed the guys also to be set for defense in case it's a fast break, whatever, whatever. That's really the the main adjustment that the, the that Darvin Ham really needs to make if he's if he's going to have guys shooting through a zone. But this is the thing. This is the thing. Mike Malone is actually smart. He used that zone only on that lineup. He didn't use it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Because he knows that these guys can shoot. These guys can shoot. Who's going to shoot in that lineup? No one. Except for LeBron. That's why he took those shots. Unfortunately, at that time, both AD and Austin sat for three minutes. And this is the thing. that Dilo is actually negative on all of the five lineups that he's in. He's a negative. All of it. If you check the stats, he's a negative. In all lineups, I think this there are like 10 to 12 lineups that he's in. And his pairing with Dennis is the, the lowest. But here's another stat. The one that started this game too played 14 minutes this game. The lineup that we're asking Darwin to play, which is Dennis, Austin, Rui, LeBron, and AD, they played five, 15 minutes in two games. 15. They need to start. They, you can't start with a negative personnel on your, in the lineup that you're using most. That small lineup, the, the one with the three guards, with Austin, Rui, and Dillo, they played for 20 minutes in two games. Both of the, both of the starting are actually a negative. The only positive one is the one with Rui and Austin at the same time. Even the LeBron and AD pairing is a negative. They're negative seven. The concerning part is the, uh, Z is that uh, Ham played him thirty three minutes though. They they actually played Austin thirty five minutes I think. Yes. He, I think he should play forty just to, like LeBron in eighty. In the forties, I don't think we should. He, be he needs to play forty. He played forty two last time. Plus he's only twenty five. He can do it. It's just 25. That's the yeah. other thing, by the way. Um, this is LeBron is the only player, other than the guys that are like Tristan Thompson, which doesn't matter. He's the only one that's old. AD's 30. He just turned 30. Uh, the Lakers should have a little bit more, a little bit more spunk in in, the, in that department. I don't. You can't use that as an excuse. They're all young. Uh, but putting it all together. They're playing a team that's determined, that has talent, that has depth, that has home court, that's been playing well all year, basically. The, the only way you, you, you bust this is you're going to have to figure out a way to keep 
LeBron fresh to the end. You have to keep that, him fresh. Yeah, so that's why you need to put Rui in there because uh, he's the, he can switch with Jokic on those lineups. Yes, and so, and yeah, the 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 other thing is I've I've seen this I've seen this happen before, uh, where you start running out of gas. So 2004. The Lakers play a very determined Minnesota Timberwolves team. This is KG's MVP season. This is Spreewell still being his Spreewell in a lot, in a lot his last time, I'd say. Sam Cassell was an injury away from probably beating the Lakers in the Western Conference Tough Finals. He was off and on. And the Lakers barely made it out of that series to get to the finals. And unfortunately, they ran out of gas in the finals. This is what I'm worried about with this team. I'm worried about the gas running out. I, I, I look at finals losses as worse than any loss. I'd rather, almost to the point where I'd rather lose in the first round. That's just how my brain works. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just what it is. And I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that Phil Jackson thought the same way too. So it's, I'm not the only one that, that, that's there. Uh, but yeah, so right now there's a little bit of me going back and forth and saying, do we risk running out of gas where it really matters. That's really where my brain is right now. I, I haven't really understood yet the capacity of the series and how it's going to turn out. Uh, there's still four more or could be five more games, but I don't know. I'm in a I don't know stage of how I feel about what is it going to take to get out of this series and also preserve yourself enough to, to have enough gas to, to finish it off. So that's kind of where I'm at at this point. It this was... is the thing. I think the matchup with the East team is actually easier than this one because they have the wings to guard their wings. Unfortunately, I don't know. The, the coach is actually putting them at a position where in you're playing these lineups that are not working. That in itself is actually taking away from, they should have won one of these games. They shouldn't be down to, oh. And, and, and Z, the, the, they should have won both. There was one play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, that, that layup in game one that LeBron missed for the N1, that would have brought him to one. I, I truly believe that they would have taken the lead after Denver missed the next shot. I just, it's, it's a shot making league. We are, we are dissecting the game as we, we should. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're not making the baskets when it matters. And that's all this business is. It's all about making the basket when it matters. We were able to do it against Golden State. We were able to do it against Memphis. We haven't been able to do it against Denver here in the first two games. If, if the, the Lakers not only have to win the next two games, but they have to win in a lot of ways comfortably, which means someone's going to have to go off, not LeBron. AD has to go off. Uh, Reese has to go off with Rui, something where LeBron only plays about 30 to 32 minutes this next two games. If not, you, you risk going into Denver. Let's say if you do win the next two games, you risk going into Denver with basically LeBron going in dead and if you don't have LeBron somewhat in some kind of coherent 
focus, it's it's going to be very difficult to win this series. So there was a there's a one play that kind of illustrates what uh, Z is talking about here, and um, it happens in the third quarter. So the Lakers are up seventy four sixty four. Jokic gets an entry pass in on the left block. He's got Rui on him. Uh, it's pretty good defense. Uh, D'Lo is on the right side. He can see all the action. Dennis is, like Z was saying, deciding whether he wants to double Jokic or run towards Jeff Green. And as Z uh, eloquently points out, he does neither. Jokic gets the ball. Dennis tries to hedge. D'Lo doesn't run at Jeff Green. Jeff Green has a wide open three, and the lead gets cut from 10 to 7. Exactly. Not only that, but when LeBron sat in the third quarter, they were up 12. They were up 12. And they increased and, their lead and when then on the bench. Darvin Ham played the three-guard lineup with AD and Rui. That three-guard lineup is really a killer, guys. It's really a killer for them. I don't know what to say, but that's a killer. Well, because... you, know what, you know what, G, um, as you said, Malone's and Jokic are doing uh, a lot of um, really clever mismatching. Like, for example, right, LeBron had spent, like, most of the three quarters in guarding in the post. So when the fourth quarter came around, Jamal Murray was feeling really spry and had fresh legs, and he wanted all those switches on LeBron because he knew LeBron was gassed. Definitely that one because Ham is too stringent in his approach to rotations. It's not gonna change it because he was thinking that oh I I can I can play Dennis here because we just won versus Golden State. He he didn't want it to you. He was he was actually wasn't he ejected in the third yeah. quarter? Yes. Weren't you just, what, up 10 or 12 during that time? Yep. He, he's not the one who did that. The one who did that was AD and LeBron, not Dennis. So I, I don't understand the processing on why put yourself on the, on the d deficit when you know that the one that you're supposed to guard are big, big people. Oh, Joe. Me and Sean was actually talking about it earlier because I'm from the Philippines and basketball here is so prominent. I mean, it's so popular. Everyone wants to play basketball since they were kids. But I always said that we cannot compete on the international level because we're small. The rim is 10 feet high. You can't outrun the big guys that can also run athletically. And that's a fact. Because one stride is equal to two steps. That's two steps. One long stride is you know, when LeBron was actually on his prime, I guess there was a stat that he can take eight strides to go from end to end. Eight. Small guys can't do that. <laughs> Eight yeah. strides. And Giannis, Giannis does it in what three? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Probably. Most like a seven. Three. 
you know, I, I, I saw Steve Nash. Steve Nash legitimately is my height, about six two, six three, right? He he looks like a midget on the on the on the court. And these guys are behemoths. It's just it's simple height height advantage. It's just it's just like a heavyweight boxer versus a welterweight. A midget just, with a bad back got over ten thousand assists in the NBA. It, yeah, it's just not gonna. You have to have. You have to have the size. I, I've had friends who said, I don't like basketball. I'm like, why? Because it's a, it's not fair. I'm like, what the f- does that even mean? I go, what, what does that mean? What? Because what if I'm faster than you? Is that fair? not fair too? I go, that's that's how it works. Soccer players are better when they're fast versus slow. Is that not true? Yeah, their size doesn't necessarily yeah. matter, but their speed does. I go, what difference does it make? How about hand-eye coordination? Okay, baseball players have immense hand-eye hand-eye coordination same with tennis players same with golfers i said you ever actually watched a golfer hit a ball close to the pin that 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 pro golfer not the guy that were that, that that's a negative or a one handicap let's say those guys are shot makers they're so good at getting the ball close to the pin that's why they're pros right this is all you know every it's all just in my opinion, there's a natural thing there. Even in as- tennis, even in tennis, you're actually not going to win that much if you're small. I mean, if you look at it, all the women that are small are actually having a hard time because your your arm needs to be above the height of the net. Your swing needs to be a, a needs to pass through that net. So you also need to be tall. That's why Serena Williams, even Martina, they're all five, what, five eight? The smallest one is five eight. If you're five five, you're you're not gonna swing the ball above that net. There's 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 just physical factors here and basketball is a height game. Yeah, it's um there's a really good tennis player in Canada right now named uh, Leela Fernandez. But like you were saying, Z, she's like five six. She's like, she's very good, very athletic, but it's just it's she's small, right? Leela Fernandez is, uh, I think, one of her parents is actually a Filipino. I yeah. think. Yes. Yeah. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. So we're just going to uh, wrap up Magic Man in the morning right now. Before we head on out, Z, what are your two keys for the Lakers to adjust to this matchup now that we're down 2 what would the two most important keys be for you for a game three adjustment start Rui, austin ad dennis and lebron and play them 30 minutes together yeah that's the key if they are 30 minutes together they can out 
outmatch any lineup. Because the thing is, Denver Nuggets is not a good defensive team. They're they not. not. They have, you you can go to the rim all the time. So if LeBron, Rui, and AD are all there, they can't have outmatch you going to the rim. You're just going to... Dennis have to stop stunting. Just it's either a double or Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's you know you're either blank or get off the pot. That's that's what the Lakers need to do with the stunting. That's my first key. The second key is I think Darwin needs to how do you call this? I think he needs to have at least two players all the time that can attack the rim. And one of our rim attackers is Lonnie Walker. He, he because the weakness of the Denver Nuggets is the rim. Yeah, they're interior. That, if you can see, if you can see, Rui has six of six at the rim. Mm-hmm. He's six of six at yep. the rim. He can go past it over and over. So you need Lonnie Walker or anyone that can actually penetrate that paint or cut to the rim, or or just tell people to cut. I mean, Vando caught here for. Dilo, if you're there, cut to the rim. They, they can't stop you when you are near the paint. Dilo was having a problem because he is not getting into the paint, guys. He's not touching the paint. He's passing it before he even goes to the paint. And if he's shooting, he's out of the paint. So This is a paint game. I, I thought the Lakers are a paint team, but they don't touch the paint except for LeBron and AD. They're the only ones. And Dennis, sometimes, but like I said, it was at the baseline, not up top. No, no, Den- Den- Dennis is a bit... See, one one thing that really bothers me about uh, uh, Dennis, and I've noticed this with other players as well, Z, is that when they drive into the lane, they ha- have their eyes down instead of actually at the rim. So you're looking at your target and oftentimes that leads to like either a poor pass as you've said before with him or a turnover like he 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 has trouble uh with his hand-eye coordination actually focusing on what's in front of him he gets he gets in that mindset where he's a bull in a china shop and he just drives with no purpose I think you know. That's why he's a that's why he's a minimum player. That's why we're all happy that the Lakers did not give him that contract because he's not worth it. Not to mention that if you're gonna see Austin Reeves, he is not physically gifted, right? He is not physically gifted. He's not athletic, but he tries. He tries to get to the rim. He just tries. That that's. That's it. And that's what Dillow's problem is. He doesn't want, he's okay chilling around. He's okay. Okay, I'm going to catch and shoot this. He's okay with that. And I think that's also one factor that is a problem because Dillow, Vando, and Beasley are the one that you trade in Russell Westbrook for. If they don't equate a star, that that's why you get it right, and that's why I think LeBron made the wrong decision here. But I think that's a part of LeBron's process. We need a rim attacker. I need a a, a pair because LeBron can do off ball stuff. He can cut 
to the rim. He can make screens. That's why they get Westbrook because he can penetrate the rim at will. And this is why Kevin Durant is never gonna win again, mind you, <laughs> because <laughs> because they're mid-range jump shooters. Yeah, they're the mid-range they gods. If you look, I watched that Sun series, and all they took are jump shots. Kevin Durant can't even get to the rim at seven. He's yeah. seven feet, guys. He, know, he can't you know even penetrate the rim. That's true. I, I, I will say this, though. I would I would love for the Lakers to have somebody like uh, a Jock Landell because then we wouldn't have to worry about the, the, the backup center or the backup forward. <laughs> <laughs> We'd actually have somebody who rebounds. Oh, this is funny because... I'm a basketball. I love basketball, right? So, one of my favorite uh, centers right now is Walker Kessler, oh, and I it's kind of and it's kind of funny because the Timberwolves drafted him. Yes, they, they just did. drafted him this year, and they what they traded him and six picks and everything for. Rudy Gobert, Kessler is better than Rudy Gobert at this stage, even because Kessler is running around, blocking shots, is not even afraid of getting to the perimeter. He's doing his stuff and he's young. And you traded him to for Gobert. Like he's a good kid. I I mean that that's the type of center that needs to be paired with AD because I think this is also a Lakers problem, by the way, because when the Lakers won the 2020 finals, everyone was saying, AD has to play the center, AD has to play the center. He's not a center, guys. Not His skill. This is, this is the part of it. There's, we're speaking about small ball, right? Small ball. And you, Sean, you know it because you're in Toronto. And the Toronto Raptors have what six wings? Yeah, yeah. At least. But small ball is not about being what pure wings. It's about having the correct skill set in each part of that position. You need to have five guys with the right chemistry of skill set. That's yeah, why. It's, it's correct. It, that's it, it's, correct. That's what small ball is. It's not being small just no. to be small and fast. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Great point. And uh, we'll leave it there for now for Magic Man in the Morning. But Z, thank you for coming on this show. It was amazing. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Joe, for coming in. Love having you. Looking forward to more. Yeah, I hope that we win the next game because if not, it's over. I mean, it's over in four. I think. Yeah, I don't think. I don't. I don't think that LeBron will actually create more effort if no one's gonna show up. If it's just him, Austin, Ruby again. I mean, Ruby has been doing enough. I mean, that's why maybe LeBron is always passing him the ball. If you look at it, he has like what three or four assists to Ruby. Yes. Without without effort. And that's what you said, Drew. Effort. If you have the right guys at the same time on that floor, 
you don't need to expend that much energy on offense because they can do it. That's right. And so as we end the show, I want to thank my special guest, Zangerstein. Z, this was great. I'm so excited to have you on. You were great. Audio sounded fantastic. And I hope you come back as a guest on this show. And Joe, your morning opened up and you were able to join us. So I appreciate uh, you using your time for the Lakers fast break once again. And with that, we'll leave it there. All we can root for tonight is another Boston Celtics loss. Go Heat. <laughs> I agree. All right. So if we have to be down 0-2, they're going to be down 0-2 as well. Misery loves company. And we'll be back later on with another snack pack or in a post-game show tomorrow. I think uh, Gerald's got uh, some fancy-dancy Bonanza game preview tomorrow, so we'll be doing that. I want to thank everybody again, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Go Lakers.